Well, if we are back on, it's now one o'clock, everybody. And I hope everybody had a wonderful lunch. Mm -hmm. I hope you did a little bit of self-care because I'm really encouraging um, all the clients and friends and colleagues to take care of yourself during this time. It's important. And we're going to get back to our summit. So next, and highly excited to hear from these two individuals, we have Eldon Davidson and Annie Rafferty. Eldon has more than 20 years of experience in workforce and economic development, career and technical education, contract training, and building key alliances and partnerships with businesses, state federal agencies, and colleges. Eldon is the director of the Center for Customized Training at El Camino College. We also, um, and who will be speaking first with us this afternoon, is Annie Rafferty. Annie's the director at the Butte College, the training place. She has an Achieve Global International, Development Dimensions International, and Training Within Industry certification. She brings over 27 years of experience in local government, academic, and corporate environments, both as a senior vice president, global training and development leader, and a certified industry trainer. Both of them, I have to say, I so, I think when Faith and I talk about our jobs and why we enjoy working with the TAP so much, it's I think Eldon and Annie that are some of the mature leaders, I'll say, in the industry and have been so helpful to me as I learned this role in uh, providing resources to everybody. So I want to thank them publicly for that. And uh, without further ado, I will turn it over to Annie to share her screen. I'm going to say stop share. And Annie's going to pop up and they'll give us a nice uh, update on the collaborative. Awesome. Thanks, Margaret. And can you see my screen clear here? It looks very good. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. So um, on behalf of our collaborative and the great work we all get to do together, I'm, you know, we're pleased to share the release that we had our initial release in February of 2020 here at the San Bernardino meeting um, that we had with our ETP collaborative members. And the basis of the report is, um, is the data that is collected as a source from ETP from 2010 to 2018. So one of the key areas that we wanted to focus on um, as a result of our strategic planning um, from 2018 was how can we take our third-party verified employer data and tell our story with this verified employer data. And when I say verified employer data from ATP, those employers report into the payroll and there's a tremendous amount of valid information that we can share to tell our story. So the purpose of the report was to highlight our existing not-for-credit programs within the California colleges through Contract Ed and the partnership with the Employment Training Panel addressing the challenge to meet the workforce demands in California and that this program is an example of how we can scale through California to meet those demands regionally as a workforce and economic development tool. And so, um, as you can see here, the messaging in the Upskill California 1 million middle, worker, middle skilled workers by 2025, in this study, 
it is referenced both, we reference back on how we are modeling how to fill that gap as it's reported in the Back to College um, report from California Competes and the 2019 uh, Roadmap to Shared Prosperity in the California Forward Report. Both those, uh, both those initiatives and as Governor Newsom has identified that the 1 million middle skilled workers are the exact workers and the individuals that we provide the training for um, that are within their 30 year career. So our 2021 focus, and uh, maybe I can make this bigger for everybody here. Love our technology nowadays, right? And so our 2021 focus coming off of this report is to continue the work we're doing in upskilling California 1 million middle skilled workers by 2025. Two, using the source of the report to share our story through an advocacy um, campaign of workforce training and the impact awareness campaign. Three is secure funding to expand our model and how we're reaching um, those skilled workers. Four is having a PR campaign that emphasizes the regional and local success stories. Five is maintaining or increasing our caps with ETP as we strategically work together. Six is continuing to provide technical assistance as we've been doing very successfully with our multiple employer contract, which is what the MEC stands for, of subcontracting uh, with many colleges that are in areas or just building their contract ed units, and um, we can help provide that leadership and support. And then seven is the leadership of attending the ETP, all of the meetings, um, and sharing our uh, best management practices um, across all of the units and training resources. So in the report, um, what's, what's important is our call to action. And that, we're, that call to action is funding our model to one, align with California's investment of the lifelong learning um, as the premier provider of workforce training and development services. That's number one. Number two is immediately scale our statewide um, efforts to address the California's 1 million middle skilled worker challenge, right? We're, we're geared up and we're ready to go to address that challenge. And then number three, which the report provides some good insight, being able to share how the upskill California workers yield an estimate 20% return on investment um, to, oops, there goes my screen, sorry. That's what happens when we touch too many things. There we go, sorry. Um, in, a, in the form of an increased tax base, which is a, a 306.8 million increase in state and local taxes. So this report has been able to provide some extremely significant insights of the work that we do um, together and how um, that expands the workforce and how that return goes immediately back to um, our regions. What was interesting in the report and uh, more recently with a, uh, a conversation uh, with the Chancellor's Office was being able to share how uh, we are California's front door for businesses and our operational models and which, you know, we, we live and breathe each day. 
but the understanding of the true depth of relationship that we have with an employer isn't necessarily understood um, by all. And I think, you know, I'm speaking to the choir here, right? Because we all know and, and experience that. So this model here shares how California's front door for business is through contract ed with stage one. And this is a circular process that, you know, our business development of outreach to employers uh, begins to identify what their strengths are and their pain points, conducting a need and needs analysis. Um, and some of those tools um, like the TAP has provided with the needs analysis toolkit and some other toolkits that um, Margaret and Faith have posted on the website. That business development is a lot of work and we're really good at it. The second is from that needs analysis, we're designing a training plan, we're aligning our expert trainers and our classes and customizing that development um, based off of what the employer needs. And then three, developing with that contract ed um, timeline, coordinating the logistics, getting the site identified, scheduling meetings. And in this report, it's also mapping how will their employment training panel funds actually support that particular training itself from a funding perspective. Um, and in, you know, in the absence of ETP funds, our goal is to identify new resources and funding channels to be able to support the work that we do. And then stage four would be uh, training, actually delivering the training, and then five, evaluating our outcomes, which this report um, provides some really good insight of, of what, we can, uh, what we can expect and how we can grow in particular areas. So that's a good sense of, of how, um, you know, how we operate. But the sweet spot of where we have rapid response capabilities, I think um, the, the, um, Michael had shared in his earlier presentation, um, that quote around change. And what resonated to, to me in that is we only focus and our success only focuses with that question raised all the time. Rapid response capabilities, we had um, a project together with the certified nursing assistants where there was a shortage and a, um, in certified nursing assistants and a response to the governor's um, critical proposal that needed to address that worker shortage. And we all worked together um, as a collaborative uh, utilizing our ETP funds to be able to provide access for those skilled nursing facilities um, to be able to build up um, you know, a series of cohorts um, with an organization called Rockport and they have 80 facilities across California. The second, as uh, Eldon has been leading a, a large statewide cybersecurity initiative um, that continues to gain momentum and, and even has even more emphasis now as we live in a remote world, right? And increased access to our desktops and all different um, uh, levels of cybersecurity needs that an organization needs to consider when they move all their employees remote, right? And then the third is the utility line clearance training. Um, we have both the arborist and pre-inspector. Uh, that is a rapid response, whereas vegetation management needs continue across the state. Um, and as, um, as everyone knows, in 2018, um, you know, the campfire and how we were impacted up here at Butte, that particular situation related to vegetation management opened up a lot of eyes 
and the in, and the need for an apprenticeship program and a partnership with the community colleges was recognized by the utilities. And that's a big project. So some of you had commented earlier, um, I was, I was uh, I saw through the chat here about what you thought this year could look like. Some of you who said that you had, um, you weren't very sure, um, you may be in an area where there's a strong need for employment and uh, in vegetation management, and that's where we step in. We'll be able to do that work together, and all those districts will be um, identified in how you'll be able to participate in that program. The fourth is the COVID-19 policy changes for ETP. We got together on a Tuesday, we pulled together a proposal, and by Thursday, ETP was implementing changes very rapidly, and we were on the phone the following week talking about those changes and how we can respond to employers. And then the last is our current state, right? So we are in a rapid response capabilities um, for remote workers. You can hear the dialogue online today. And that's where we step in and make a difference. And, and we do it quick and we do it um, with expertise. And we're the go-to for all of those agencies um, that are gaining familiarity with the work, um, the good work that we all do together. So this particular report, um, was built off of the basis of data. And so I'm going to um, kick it off over here to Eldon, um, who is uh, who holds uh, this data near and dear um, to explain how the tracking summary report relates to the good story of the work that we all get to do together. Thank you. Annie uh, or yes. Eldon? Yes. Eldon, before we move, uh, there's a couple of questions in the chat room. Annie, okay. do you want me to read them to you? Sure, I can't see them. I don't uh, know why. Where can we get a copy of the report is the first question. Yeah, so the um, initial report was delivered in February and from that we identified some modifications and requests that were presented from that February meeting. And so we have been in, uh, been in the modification mode and we expect that the report um, should be delivered probably no later than June. It might be earlier um, based off of the timeline. So great question. And how will they get the report? in June or whenever it's modified? It'll be, a, it's an electronic report. And so we will send out an announcement um, and that would go electronically. And uh, we also recognized that, um, the other point I wanted to make that I didn't, thanks for the question, is that uh, we need a landing page. So we're developing a website that is a good starting point with this report to be able to post um, our, you know, our results and so that, report will also be posted on the website so there's a central point that if you're working with your constituents you can go back to that website and identify where to find it. Okay and then the other question Annie is where in the process does this include the engagement of the regional directors of employer engagement and the statewide sector directors inclusivity with their expertise in the specific sectors that are powered by the chancellor's office? Wow, that's a great question. I think one of the strengths that um, we recognized in the in the review of this study is that contract ed's uniqueness is that we serve multiple industries. And we have to be nimble to be able to do that across multiple industries. And so uh, the engagement that we 
directly work with an employer that there is a relationship um, with those directors, uh, with each of the directors, and depending on the regions and how the consortium is um, is working. So there's a there's an opportunity to collaborate um, on different projects as as they evolve. So the study itself is specific to the work and the output that we do, and um, you know, like I can use an example for you know advanced manufacturing in the north, John Schmidt. Um, you know, is is actively involved with Shasta College um, and uh, and our region, so that we can leverage his you know his relationships that um, uh, he develops within his sectors, and that's not unique um, to advanced manufacturing. Thank you so much. And then, are you going to cover the utility line clearance training later on in your um, presentation? I wasn't because um, I, what I am going to do is I'm going to schedule a call with all of the contracted units that are located in an area where the utility line clearance workers are needed. And so we, so we have a state map. From that map, I've been making some individual um, communications with some newer folks that I haven't worked with before. Um, and so we will have one call where we're focused on that because that probably could take, you know, that could probably easily be an hour and a half phone call. Okay. I'm glad to hear that because we do, the tap does get questions and we have one in our chat room about that process. Okay. okay. Thank you. And then Eldon, we've got, we've, I hope we're not cutting you short, but we've got uh, 12 minutes left. Okay. It shouldn't take me more than 24. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to jump right into it. The, the reason I love data so much is because data tells a story. And it, it tells, you know, the customers who we're serving. And to some degree, I think, sort of shows where we're going. And one thing I wanted to tell when I jump into this number real quick is the baseball analysis. Some of you already heard it. You know, baseball has three bases. First base, in my opinion, is academia. Second base is nine credit, and third base is one that is not recognized, and that's uh, the not for credit. And in my opinion, you need all three bases to get to home plate, but this is very, very important. Uh, contract Ed, we've always worked with sector navigators and regional navigators, but I think the story that I'm about to share here really shows how third base really complements the excellent job that community colleges are doing. So think think of it in that means, because not everyone is geared to go to college. And those that did go to college, they still need some type of upskill training. To prove that, you can, you can see um, right here, if you look at the age groups, you'll notice that basically the age groups that we serve is pretty much consistently equal. That's very, very interesting. Uh, that means lifelong learning is real, it's here. And the other thing that I found interesting, if, if you look at you know, the education level, mo you'll see the highest concentration is really the high school graduate all the way up to the PhD. So what you won't see here, I did a deep dive because I wanted to see what that what that story is really saying. So I focused on just college graduates. 
immediately after they graduate from college, they immediately go into upskill training, immediately. Not just at the beginning, but throughout their career. So a little seed I plant in everyone's mind is think about this. Often we, people graduate from college. I was one of them, of course, several times. And, and you say, here's your degree. Congratulations. Have a good life. Where the supplement or the, the additional service, you know, that community colleges could recognize and take credit for is we don't leave them at, at the graduation floor. We're following through their whole career. That's something I think is a missed opportunity of community colleges that we should, should capture and share that. And this data clearly shows that that's exactly what, what is happening. Ethnic distribution, you know, it's, it's pretty much consistent with what the state is. Um, Annie, you can scroll down a little more. Industry training, just, yeah, there you go, perfect. A lot of our, a lot of our training is in the high skill or in a higher wage um, occupations. And by the way, one point I missed, there's two markets here we're looking at. Annie touched upon one, which is the 1 million. Really, there's 20.6 million people in the state of California that has some education, some went to college, or they had some education that went to college, they dropped out. The online college was trying to tap that market. And then there's the other people that, for whatever reason, couldn't afford to go to college. So there's two, there's two markets here, the college graduate, upskilling through their life, and also the ones that are already out there that need upskilling. I can't think of another compliment to the community colleges is to recognize that very fact, recognizing third base. That's the story we're telling. That's the story that the data is sharing as well. And you can see the wage ranges can range from 19 to $40 and 73 cents. And with this COVID-19 and unemployment rates projected to be anywhere from 20 to 30%, I would think this would be an opportunity for the community colleges to say, yes, degrees are important, but we serve all areas, all bases for our citizens in California. So go ahead and scroll down. Our wages, average wage, you can see is high, but I wanted to really plant that seed and hit home on that because not everyone understands contract ed because we haven't really focused on contract ed as much. And that's what the purpose of the study is trying to do. The other thing is it doesn't really cost that much. You know, why are we not providing uh, upskilled training to people that graduate or even people that don't graduate? Why would we not do that? It's, it's cheap. $728 was an average cost, but the return in taxes is, is enormous, you know. So the question comes, why are we not funding, you know, this valuable third, third base? Let's go in our student retention. All those rates are, you know, very, very high. Let's go ahead and move to the next map or to the next page, Annie. And yeah, Eldon, could you just explain where the 18.5 million comes from? Because. Yes, that, thank you. That is a very important point because, you know, you've heard the saying that 
employers, at least from legislatures, say employers should pay for this. Well, they are. They're paying their their people to be in these training classes, paying their their hourly salary, and investing, you know, equipment, supplies, you know, even the training rooms to do that. So that eighteen point five million is actual wages paid while the employees were in training. So that's very important. So the question that I think we raise, okay, employers are paying. The one that's not is in, is the government side. Could we make a convincing case to them, especially when they get in additional tax revenue, that they should fund us? I want to, I'm running out of time, so I want to get to this last map here. And <clears throat> this is very important. We wanted to know, and I've heard the stories before, Collaboratives have been tried, they all fell. Well, collaboratives um, have not been formed in this way. <laughs> collaboratives are actually community colleges collaborating with each other because they see a, a great vision of how we sh why we should collaborate together to make our state strong and, and keep all these companies from moving from our state. So you can see, we wanted to know how many counties were touched by by our collaborative. Almost all of them, exception of maybe five or six counties. That gives us a strategic advantage, a huge strategic advantage, not just for rapid response, but let's take the COVID response. How many people that are gonna be unemployed? Some of those people probably will not go back to work until they get upskill up training. And if you look at all the MEC colleges, as well as the partnering colleges, right now there's 28. Any, why don't you scroll down just a little bit more so they can see the state a little more. You tell me what entity in the whole United States has a regional approach like this that has a mechanism in place with funding. You tell me one state in the United States that has this, and I'm not aware of any that even comes close to this. So that gives us a strategic advantage that we could probably rapidly respond to this high unemployment rate. And I think when federal dollars come around, I think that's gonna assist us. We'll be able to, to have a advantage in gaining those dollars because of this model. So the difference is it's not a top-down, but it's a bottom-up approach because we care about our communities. I'm gonna stop there and open it up for questions because I know there's about four four minutes. Thank you, Eldon. Does anybody have a question for Eldon or Annie that they could type into the chat? We have about uh, three minutes left. Don't tell me I did that good of a job and Annie did. <laughs> hey, Annie, you did, you did notice the, may, the way you make yourself look younger is I said that I have 20 years or more experience and yours said 29, so does that make you older than me? <laughs> <So> <laughs> I guess I better update my resume. <laughs> well, it's, well it's, a, it's, a, it's certainly a pleasure of the work that we get to do together here. I think this map tells it all, right? I mean, you see the source, um, that this data is a source of somebody we've served across California. And there's only, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight 
areas that are that are not served i i just can't i know this is a somewhat a new concept but to me it's very i'm preaching to the choir like you said you know it's it's amazing to see the capability that sits at the community colleges. I think there was some attempt to do that with online college, but that was only addressing 4 million of the 20.6, where this addresses more of that. So it's just food for thought. Yeah, there's a couple of questions. It looks yeah, like- Yeah, there's a couple of questions. You see Charlie's question? I do, about- I see Charlie's question. Hi, Charlie. Good to see you um, today. And uh, the CNA program uh, is still a need. And so if you have a certified nursing facility that um, is approved to be delivering their own training and they are delivering their own training as, a, as an employer, uh, they can then uh, provide their, you could then provide access to your ETP funds for the CNA. So we worked with ETP uh, because the, the need was high and for those employers to get on board and and have their own contracts in place, that would take a significant amount of time and effort. And so we were poised turnkey to be able to modify our contracts um, and add a job number to be able to serve that industry and population uh, on what we would define as a newly hired individual. So these aren't trainees that are going to the college for delivery. They're being trained already by the employer at the employer's expense. Okay, I just, I'm just curious because I've been working with our uh, adult school and they went from one to three cohorts. And then I'm, I'm working hard to get them linked with our nursing programs, uh, but I didn't realize there was some opportunity for them that, that, that's different. And by the way, it's nice to see you too. Yes, good to see you. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to move us along. Eldon and Annie, thank you for doing an amazing job and for all that you do throughout the state for um, all of the units, really. Um, so thank you very much. Good presentation.